Good morning. Good morning. I tell you, I'm very thankful to be a part of such a friendly church. There's nothing better than going to church with all your friends. Amen? Today, we've got a few announcements for you before our pastor comes up and shares his message for us on the blessing. How many people came to church ready? Okay, for all the rest of you, how many can get ready? <laughs> I tell you what, it's, sometimes it's just about bringing a heart that's ready to receive and also give an offering to the Lord, an offering of praise and, and, and gratitude. Uh, but really quick, we have a few announcements before our pastor comes. Um, if you're our guest... We ask that you'd fill out a connection card right in front of the seat back in front of you. We'd love to welcome you to be a part of our church family. So summer is coming up, and that means that me, Pastor Mark, Pastor Luke, and Sabelle, we're getting ready to take our students to camp. And so we want to give you guys a giving opportunity. So if you would like to sponsor a student, you can do so. You can either um, do so by giving in person, you can write it on the envelope specifically for the students, or you can give online as well, and just as long as you make that indicator that it's for our students. But this is such an incredible time where our students get to experience God in a life-changing way. So we are ready for no sleep. <laughs> Camp's a great time every year with our uh, youth students. In fact, um, if, if you would like to uh, support our youth students, we'll have a, a taco lunch following our service next Sunday at Axiom Coffee, just west of our building down here on the west of the property. And if you'd like to RSVP for that, we'd love to invite you. You can sign up at the connection table at the back of the sanctuary. We're so glad that you were here. Why don't you clap with me and give our hand a pastor as he shares our, his sermon on the blessing. Isn't it great to have some young, good-looking people every once in a while? This morning... You might not have a piece of paper to take notes, but I encourage you to take some pictures of some of the notes that will be put on the, uh, the screens from the projectors, some of the verses that you can go back and recall, because we're in the series called The Blessing. And uh, this morning we're going to talk about the subject of fear not. If you bought a t-shirt or if you did not realize that on the back of our chapel t-shirts, it says fear not. And why can it say that? Because in the next part of it says, because God is with us. You know, a lot of times it's easy to walk in life and, and criticize someone else's fear. But we all have things that would raise the bar on what we fear. Have you ever been around somebody that fears something that you go, are you serious? It might be birds or something like that that comes and you're going, are you serious? You're scared? Of but then something comes into my life and I go, ah! Now, now listen, uh, our future can be hindered, if not altered, by distractions, fear. You know, somebody was on a safari once, and they asked the safari guy, because all the wild animals out in the, uh, the jungle, and they said, at night, we're going to be spending the night, is that right? And they said, this, the guide said, yes. And uh, the, the customer, the client that was on the safari said, is it true that if you carry a torch that they will not eat you. And the tour guide said, well, it, I guess it depends on how fast you carry the torch. A lot of times fear is like that. It seems to chase us. And, and some people that will come around you will try to encourage you, but they really can't because you refuse to be encouraged. Now, now, let me start by reading 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 5 out of the message. It says this, what a God we have. Can everybody say amen to that? And how fortunate we are to have him, the father of our master, Jesus. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life. Everybody say amen. Brand new. A brand new life and having everything to live for including a future in heaven. And the future starts now. Can you just say now? Now. There's a lot of times that we, we don't start now. We think our eternity is going to start the day that we die. 
our future starts now, and God is keeping careful watch over us and the future. You know that he's big enough to do that, right? And so this morning, as we're into this series, I want you to understand, because we've been talking about all through the Old Testament so far, starting with Adam, the the whole uh, original blessing was put on mankind to, to be able to rule and to have as a domain earth. God has given that to man in authority. But man, through Adam, gave that up and allowed sin and death to come into the world. But even after that happened, God set in motion a plan to bring mankind back to the place that he, orig- he redeemed. He restored us by Jesus coming and dying on the cross. What we do is we look in the Old Testament, we look how that blessing came on Noah. It, it came on Abraham and Isaac, his son, and Jacob, his son. Last week we talked about how, or the weeks previous, we talked about Joseph and we talked about the exodus out of Egypt and how God blessed his people. You know, and this morning I'm preaching on, really, if you know the passages of where God had brought the children of Israel out of Egypt and now they're in a bind times 10. The Egyptian army is coming after them because even though Pharaoh, the king, had let him go, now he decides, I changed my mind. And he's going to come after them with 600 chariots while they are on foot to bring them back to slavery. Now, we know that in these passages, you can read it as history, just like you could read Shakespeare. Or you can read it with the intent of the, what the Word of God says as an example to us that are believers. And I want to encourage you to put yourself in their shoes today. I, w- I want you to actually, when we leave today, you might have to kick out the dirt out of your shoes that came while you walked through the Red Sea with them. Because this morning, when you put yourself in their place, whatever you're going through today, you will be able to receive what the Holy Spirit will speak to you. And it'll be my job to help you apply it to your life as we go through it together. See, the children of Israel, we'll find out time and time again, won't do or they won't live up to their identity as children of God. And we can go, what in the world is wrong with them? But you know as well as me, when we put ourselves into their shoes, we begin to go, I see myself right there. You know, in Romans, in the New Testament, Paul is writing, and he looks back on this time period when they're in the wilderness, and he says this, So what if in the course of doing that, some of these Jews abandoned their post? God didn't abandon them. Do you think their faithlessness cancels out his faithfulness? Not on your life. Depend on it. God keeps his word even when the whole world is lying through their teeth. Scripture says the same thing. Your words stand fast in truth. Rejection doesn't phase you. As I said last week, if you do it out of the NIV, if you read that same passage, Romans chapter 3, verse 4, it says this. Let God be true and every man a liar. By allowing God's word to come into your life and then you walking it out by faith, you're allowing God to be true in your life. And all the people that are around us that would doubt that, we're allowing them to be liars. Oh, that'll never happen. That'll never be true. That'll never take place in your life. Let God be true and every man a liar that speaks against the Word of God. Now, through this series, what I'm trying to do is get you to realize that some of us grow up in different backgrounds and we allow people to speak into our lives. Remember that the children of Israel for 400 years have been in Egypt from the time of Joseph. The, the Word of God is enough in their life that they can tell 
each other through oral tradition just what God had said. I will redeem you. I'll come bring you out of Egypt. I'll take you to a promised land. But over time, the word of God had been diluted just because of time. But the word of God had also been polluted because of the people, the Egyptians that they'd lived around. How many knows that it's important, the people that we hang out with? You can see it in their life because even with the Ten Commandments and the whole thing that happens and the disobedience that they begin to build another God out of what? Gold into a calf which was part of the pagan worship in Egypt. The Word of God had been polluted by all this other belief system instead of the true belief system that God had already given them. Now, now listen to me. In a world that we live in, and I'm telling you that Sometimes we are being tried to be controlled and manipulated by everything that's in our life. Now, that might be an exaggeration, you think. But how many people know all you have to do is turn on the news? Their job anymore isn't to inform you as much as to influence you. Be careful. Most of the times, the the news will not say anything that's happening good because they know it doesn't sell. So they'll skew it to, oh, the sky is falling. And if you're not careful, when you're around the water cooler at work, that's all you can talk about, the sky's falling. I'm trying to set a belief system that you'll build your belief system off of the Word of God. Do you hear me? The words of God. The belief system is based on what God has put into your life or what you've allowed to come into your life. And out of that belief system, you'll make choices. And out of those choices, they'll put you in experiences. And you'll say, see? You're not even realizing if somebody said, boy, you're a prophet. No, I don't have a long beard and I don't have a robe on. No, a prophet is somebody that will speak into their future and then line their choices up with that. Don't allow the enemy, to speak over your life. Again, realize that we don't war against flesh and blood. Pastor, that lady over there looks like the devil to me. No, the devil might be in her, but that doesn't mean get your your perspective right. It's something about fear. And I want us to just be transparent today because I want you to see because fear will, again, alter your life. When we're talking about the subject of being blessed and and how God desires in our life to show the love of God, you know, we talk about, we sang that song, the the reckless love of God. And somebody, you know, said God's love isn't reckless. Listen to the song. If somebody said all that God loves you so much that he would, you know, climb a mountain for you or kick down a wall or, you know, all these things, God, that is reckless. God says, hey, it's my love. I will show it the way that I want. To walk in that will, again, to enlarge your boundaries to a point that you're going, God, you're that good? But let's go back just for a minute. What the enemy does is come into our life and just speaks a little FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. All it has is to be just a little bit. Did God really say that to Eve? Have you ever gotten an argument with somebody, I mean a violent argument over a text? Huh? Right here, my hand's up. Text has no emotion based to it. You can say, I love you. Have a great day. And they can read the same message. I love you. I hope you have a good day. And you can go back and go, how, how did you even possibly read it like that? Just a little fear. A little uncertainty, a little doubt. Husbands, wives, you can set a trigger. Let's go on. 
sometimes you can tell people I'm praying for you in your fear while you're dealing with fear in your life. And you haven't chosen to overcome that. One time a lady in the church came up to the pastor and said, Pastor, I'm worried. And the pastor said, well, what are you worried about? My husband keeps threatening to kill me. And he says, really? Well, Sister Smith, I'll, I'll pray for you. The next week, Pastor, I'm worried still. I'm in fear. I'm afraid. Why? Well, he said he's going to kill me. <laughs> Sister Smith, I told you, I'm going to pray for you. It's okay. She said, well, the problem is this week, he said, if I keep coming here, I'm going to kill you. He's going to kill you. The pastor said, well, I think it's time for you and me to talk about you going to that church on the other side. Of <laughs> if there's a, a principle that we all can learn, you say, well, pastor, I'm not walking in fear, and I'm glad you're not because as a believer, we know who we go to. But at the same time, if, if we're just being real, if this is just a real service, there's things that will go off in our life through the journey of life that will cause us to be afraid. It is what we do. I, I read something the other day. Life is, when, when something happens to you, it, it's about 10%. But life is about 90% how we react to that. Sometimes we think, oh, I've had all these bad circumstances, and I'm not here to argue with if you had worse circumstances than me in your life, but the problem is, how are you reacting to those? So this morning, look at the children of Israel as an example to us. Look at Exodus chapter 14, and we're going to read this in a few seconds. But listen today, if you've never heard this story, maybe you're new to the church, and maybe you haven't read the Word of God, that's, that's okay. Today you start. But let me encourage you by telling you the story in a little cliff note section. The children of Israel have been in Egypt for 400 years. The last part of that, they've been in slavery. God shows up to say, it's time to leave. Moses is used to bring the people out of Egypt. They go out of Egypt as victors, victorious. They get to a place, and God says, I want you to turn what seems to be common sense, and I want you to be right where I have you, which is in not the best location strategically for a war. Because they're pretty much trapped on both sides by hillsides and mountains. In front of them is a sea, the Red Sea, and behind them is the Egyptian army barreling down. They're going to come and take them back to captivity, and probably some of them will be killed, if not all of them. So stick with me. The story goes like this, that in the middle of what are we going to do, God tells Moses, again, to watch how much I love you, and he says, put out your hand or your staff, and the Red Sea will part and the children of Israel will cross over on dry ground, which is a miracle, almost as much as parting the Red Sea. They don't even get muddy. The blessing is all over these people. I said the blessing is all over these people. Amen. Think about it. Sometimes we think about just getting out of fear, but let me tell you, getting out of fear is a blessing. Why? Because God said, I will be your shield. To Abraham and the people, you know, and so they get over to the other side of the Red Sea, and Pharaoh and all the Egyptians follow behind. Eh, wrong move, because the Red Sea comes back, and all those that followed the children of God were destroyed in one day, which then would be a ripple ripple effect all the way through their history, because people will think, "Wow." The children of Israel has a God that loves them so much and he's so powerful that he can kill the Egyptian army. This is now my sermon. So watch this. The details in the sermon is in Luke chapter 14, verse 10. It says this, As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up 
and they were, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified. Okay, put yourself in this place. I can paint a picture maybe a little bit more colorful, like you're holding, you know, your your four-year-old grandson as you're holding the hand of your daughter that's holding her newborn as you're running. Just put yourself in this picture how horrible and how terrifying it would be. But it's the reaction to the fear. The Egyptians marching after them, they were terrified and cried out to the Lord. Verse 11, they said to Moses, Was it because there was no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us to Egypt? Now listen to these fearful but hateful words of a group of people that are terrified. Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone? <laughs> Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Now, now every time I read that, isn't that mind-boggling? It's like going to try to set someone free and opening the door of the prison cell, and they go, I'm good. Just stay right here. Or there's something more that's going on that is also going on in a lot of our lives, and that is the threat of the possibility of maybe failure. See, it's the revelation that change is going to be difficult. There, there's something about it that to, to give up on your dreams, something that God has placed in your life to the point of going, yeah, I, I'm not going to. It's the fear that it's not going to work out. And a lot of people will come all the way up, if you want to use this illustration, to the Red Sea of their dreams. God has showed them that they're victorious getting out of Egypt. And they get to the first problem and they go, See, 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 I told you. See, everybody wants to go to the promised land, but nobody wants to go through the wilderness. But see, there's something that we need to realize that only to get to the promised land, you have to go through the wilderness. And it's in that that there's a process that develops. And there, there's a process that says there's going to be difficult times. But the way that I react to those difficult times, I will trust in the creator of the universe. I will trust in the Lord of my life. The one that I put my hope into my eternal salvation. Come on, guys. Think about it. If you're a believer and you've given yourself to Jesus Christ, Jesus, not only are you my Savior, but you're my Lord of my life. I, I give you control over my life. I, I base my life, on my belief system on your word. That's a whole nother thing than just saying, I don't want to go to hell, so sign me up. I want you to realize in this story, when Moses signs up, and say, or when he gets there and he says, who wants to go to a promised land that God has described flowing with milk and honey? That's how rich the soil is, how good it is. You're, you're going to receive houses that you didn't build, olive groves that you didn't plant. Everybody goes, put me up. Give me one of those t-shirts. I'll go. But the first threat of failure, and they begin to say, I told you, leave us alone. The only way to the promised land is through the wilderness. They begin to long, listen to this, for the normal or normality of slavery. The thought of, let me just do what I've always done. I don't care if I get what I've always got. At least I will not have the threat of failure in my life. Listen again. Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. To change your belief system into something that 
based on the Word of God totally and not be polluted by a little bit, a little FUD in your life, just a little bit. Maybe you were raised in a family. Maybe you were raised in a society. Maybe you were raised in a church where they said something like this, you never know. Sometimes God does and sometimes He doesn't. What kind of belief system is that? They're just hedging their their belief system on that God can never fail because sometimes He doesn't show up in your life and sometimes He does. Hogwash. We need to quit that nonsense and say, if God said it, my job is to believe it. Think about it. You might have to give up your safety, the security of the past to let go of what God is trying to hand you right here that's better. And and to let go of that is sometimes so fearful, especially the older we get, because we've had a belief system that has been polluted by you never know. And what happens is we begin to to lean on our own understanding and our own knowledge more than what the Word of God says in our life. Just on the thought of we might be disappointed. God might not fulfill my expectations. But what God's going to say is, don't fear, just stand still and watch me. Now watch this. In Exodus chapter 14, verse 13, Moses answered the people, Don't be afraid. Stand firm. You will see the deliverance of the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. (laughs) The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. You only need to be still. Do you know that out of our experiences, if you've ever experienced the provision of the Lord and and somebody goes, it don't work. You go, I'm too old. You can't talk me out of that. This morning, I I noticed that when Lisa was singing that song, I took a picture. And sometimes during the week, you need to bring up some of the pictures in your phone. How many people said amen to the song, I see the evidence of your goodness all over my life? How many people said amen to, I see your promises in fulfillment all over my life? Now this morning, if you're here and you go, well, Pastor, to be honest with you, I haven't seen many promises. It might be time Come on. To put down the thought that God's going to disappoint you. Step out. You know you want to go to the promised land, and the only way to the promised land is going to be through the wilderness. And it's a place of God's provision and blessing through the wilderness. Maybe I'll be disappointed. God says, just stand still and watch. See, that is, a, again, resting in his promises. There, there's something about walking with the Lord and hearing his voice, and you're going, wow. But there's a whole other thing of taking the wow and saying, God, I trust you, and, and resting that what he said over your life is going to happen. You you know, if you go to uh, Hebrews chapter 4, and again, here's Paul looking back and using what we're talking about as an example. In one part, he says this, um, in Hebrews 4, verse 2, we receive the same promises as those people in the wilderness, but the promises did them not a bit of good because they didn't receive the promises with faith. If we believe, though we experience that state of resting, but not if we don't have faith. See, in the middle of the the fight or the middle of the waiting on God to provide, because here's the Egyptians, I need it now, no now, no now. Now, really now, God. Anybody been there beside me? That's part of the wilderness. That's part of believing you 
believing God to take you to a whole nother level in your life. So God just speaking to me on this real quick. Let me just give you something. You know, it's you not being fear or being afraid of going to another level, to being a number one again. See, some of you are old enough and you've gone through things and you think you're level 10 and you won't give up, but it's in making it to another and choosing to go to another level, you become 11. So now it's a whole other level than it was the single digits. Now it's you're back to one, but it's on another level. And God begins to take you through things that you've never done before to experience new things in your life. And one day you'll get to 19 and you go, I'm good. And God says, come on up to 21. See, for our church, I said this last week and I believe it's true. This is a new day for our church. But here's what's scary to a lot of people. It's a new way. And God says, you've never been this way before. So the way that I've taken you up to this level in your life, it's going to be a new way. It might be a scary way, but I want you to stand still and watch. Just watch me. See, you need me. So watch me, listen to me, and I'll direct you in the way to go. So many people fear relationships. They have self-inferiority. They have poverty mindset. I can't give anything because all of this, I might not have any more. Control issues, intimidations. All those things will cause you to want to go back to an old lifestyle that isn't any good, but it is familiar. And in familiarity, there is something called security that you go, you know, it's not the greatest life, it's not the best life, but it's my life. On that kind of life. God says, come on up. Come on, I'm here. Do you know that in the Bible when it says Joseph, you remember we talked about all this about his brothers uh, betraying him, putting him in a pit, selling him into slavery. He's in, he's in slavery, then he's in prison, and then he becomes the prime minister over the biggest country. He really saves that known world at that region, and he saves his family. But in Psalms 105, it says this, They bruised his feet with shackles, his neck was put on in irons. Listen to this. Till what he foretold came to pass. Watch this. Till the word of the Lord proved him true. The king sent and released him, and the ruler of people set him free. Until the word of God proved him true. In your life and mine, it's a constant reminder that when we do what God says over our lives, we allow God to be true in our life and everything else a liar. Some of us need to allow the word of God to manifest and become flesh in the visible, the physical realm. What is it that God's encouraging you? Come on. Believe that I can do that in your life. I'm too old. I don't have enough schooling to be promoted. Somebody speaking in your life, this is all the further you're going to go. God says, please, let me be true in your life. Let me manifest that what I have promised you that you've walked out by faith becomes evident to the people that are around you. That's what we do on our part. The question is, who will be true in your life? Will it be God or will it be the enemy? And again, we do not war against flesh and blood, so that person is being used to speak in your life by the enemy, to say, no, God can never do that. It's in the wilderness that the enemy shows up and says, who are you? Just like he did to Jesus. Are you really the son of God?
Let God be true. Every one of them said, yes, I'll go to the promised land. I want the, prom- I want the milk and honey. But they get to a place and they go, I, I just can't overcome the fear of what if we don't make it? And people go back to their old neighborhood, hang out with their old friends, and they'll accept you back. Good, good, I knew that wouldn't last long. Come on back. But I'm here today to tell you and to challenge you as a pastor, come on, let's go. I want to challenge you to say, don't let some make-believe Pharaoh try to make you a victim that you can't go further for God. Man, let me tell you, I've talked to people and you go through things and you go, why in the world would they have fear? You talk to a new bride on her wedding night and she's, I don't know if I'm going to get, because the fear of her not being a good enough wife. Or sometimes even a, a wonderful woman that has a child, they'll get depressed. Why? Because they might not be a good mother. Some people will call and deny a job. They got the job, but the first day they resigned. Why? Because of the fear that they couldn't do the job good enough. Again, I'm not here to say that we all don't go through fear. But it's in how we are going to react to the fear that comes into our life. That we're saying, God, you have my future. You put me here. So you have a way of getting me out of this trap that the Pharaoh, the Egyptians are coming down quick. Everybody could see that. I'm not saying that Pharaoh wasn't, it was just in a mind game. It was evident that they were in trouble. I hope you can handle this today because otherwise some people could even get offended. I I think the children of Israel got offended on the day because they said, didn't we tell you to leave us alone? Can I tell you again, I'm trying to help you build a paradigm that says I'm not lucky, but I'm blessed. Everything that I have is because of God's grace and his favor on my life. Let me me just share some things with you, and, and there's two points, and I'll wrap it up. And I'll... I might even use these next two points, these next two points for next week too. The first point that I want to encourage you today is when you're in the place that you have to already know because a lot of people will wait until they get to that place to get hungry for the Word of God. What does God's Word say? They want me to pray for them and lay hands on them so that now they... Come on now. There's something about being proactive. The Word of God will bring about an assurance before we get there. And when we get there, we're reminded of the Word of God that's already been planted in our heart. That's what we pray for a hundredfold return, the parable of the, the sower and some 30, some 60, and some 100. Let me tell you, I'll go for 30 before I'll go for none. And that means the return of God, that the word of God comes back to bring me through these times. So it's important to know the word of God before we get there, not just when we get there. Because in the middle of the fear, in the middle of the storm, even a man of God, Peter says, aren't you, aren't you concerned that we're going to die? He'd forgotten everything that God had already, Jesus had already taught him. It's important for us to learn what God is saying right now in our lives so that when we go through it, the first thing that I want to just mention today is what you'll need through the wilderness. Well, Pastor, I feel like I've already gone through the wilderness. Yeah, get ready. Another level will bring another wilderness Number one is this. You're going to need communication with God. Listen to me. So many times we think that you got to read the Bible through in six months. I'm here to tell you, I'd rather you read one verse a day and meditate on that than read it six in six months and have no clue what you read. And you got a little tag or you got a little ribbon or you got a trophy. I read the Bible in six months. What'd you read? I have no idea. No idea. 
I want to recommend you also hear yourself or hear someone else reading the Word of God. I want to encourage you to listen to sermons. I know that's a far-fetched for some of us. But there's all of us that are in the car. And let me tell you, that is a valuable time. Your phone is so amazing that you can listen. You can download apps, the Bible uh, app. You can let the Bible app read to you. Really? Yes. And they have professional voices. Verily, verily, I say unto you. That was the country Bible reader. Got all kinds of accents. It's cool. Listen to sermons. And let me tell you that if you have a question, is this guy legit? Come ask me. But for the most part, they're on our team. Quit being so analytical about everything. Pastor, I don't know about that one. I don't know about that. I know that there's people out there like that. But listen, if you're going to get into, how many did you listen to last year? None. Well, let's start with a couple. Because when the Word of God is spoken over your life and you're listening to it, or you're reading it and you're hearing it yourself, here's what happens. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit that resides in you. Let me say one of my favorite passages real quick. Ephesians chapter 1 says, Paul says, Ever since I knew that you loved God, I've been praying that you would get the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you might know God's wonderful love for you, the power that works in you is the power that raised Christ from the dead. There's a lot of people that are believers that don't even know who they are or their identity or who's living inside of them until they go to the wilderness and they go, I I thought I did. What did he say? Surely there's a picture on my phone for 10 years ago that I could find. Come on. God will speak into your life, and all of a sudden you begin to see how much he loves you. You get a dream, and and I've said it before, but you almost say, that's almost too good to be true. And I'll tell you this, if you've never been in a scary time in your life, you never lived by faith. We'll we'll unveil some things that we're going to do at our church in the next couple weeks. And I met with the board this week, and, 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 you know, the hair on the back of your neck starts standing up and some of the things. And you say, God, you, you give that to me as a dream? And I believe this, and I've said it so many times. It, it's like God gives you a picture of the end the, the fulfillment of the dream, and then he backs you up and he says, go get it. Now, now you think it's going to be a straight line. Do, 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 do. Hey! And it might work that way in your life. It never worked in my life like that. God has a way of taking me in the wilderness like this. God, I have no clue what to do next. And what he's telling the children of Israel is, watch. And pretty soon I'll read a passage that will say, Quit complaining. Get going. And when God says, get going in my life, here's what I do. I'm going for that, and I've got so many options. I take an option that I feel like the Holy Spirit is leading me to. Now, I'm going away from where I'm supposed to be ending up, but it's amazing how sometimes God will give me an idea, and I'll do this, but pretty soon it'll be like this, and I'll have another opportunity, and I go, God, what do I do until here? And walking by faith, God has a way of taking me as I look back. Why did I have to go there? And why did I felt like I was a mile off course? And God says, it was because as you look back, you go, oh my goodness, I didn't even see that big old pit there. But see, we all have 2020 hindsight vision, don't we? But when we're going through it, we're saying, I, I don't know. I, I, what, what's up? I can say more about that later. But the second thing that I want you to do, the two things. You're going to need communication with God. You need to spend time with Him. Get all that bondage off of you of what maybe somebody meant well. You got to read a lot. You got to just spend time alone with God. 
if you're married, you can come together, or if you have a, a prayer partner or somebody that you want to talk about God later, that's different. But be alone with God, and I didn't say 24-7, okay? If, if you're starting, just, just 20, 30 minutes. Begin to just allow God to speak into your life. Well, Pastor, what does the voice of God sound like? Read His Word. Because that'll bring, really what, what happens is a lot of times when we get in the place of communicating with God, what we're doing, you know, a lot of us have insurance. I have an insurance guy. My my insurance guy, Dustin, is here. And, and I'm trying to put, I'm trying to defer my risk over on that insurance, Right? That's what insurance is. Something happens, I have insurance. We, a lot of times, can't have assurance in our life because we have no idea that God's going to come through with what he said. So we think, I don't have any insurance that God's going to do that. Therefore, we won't have assurance that God is going to do in our life what he's promised. You'll, you'll get that later. I hope you understand this. But the second point I want you to see, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up, and that is stop complaining. Can, can I say this in the John Miller, not in the pulpit way? Shut your mouth. Just shut your mouth. What I tell John Miller, shut your mouth. No, no, no. Because when you're in the wilderness, sometimes you just want to talk. You just want to boop, 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 boop. Like a bird. Boop, boop, boop. Stop complaining. Listen, they said to Moses, was it because there was no graves in Egypt that you brought us in the desert to die? What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Did we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Everybody wants to say, be in agreement with me. Everybody could say, well, it's sure better to, than dying out here in the Red Sea area. That would be better. They think that their common sense trumps the provision and the blessing of God on his people. I wonder if Moses, it didn't happen. Listen, this is... Didn't happen. But I wonder if Moses wanted to bring all those people that said that after they crossed the Red Sea. All right, say it again what you just said. You're free to go back to Egypt. No, we're not going back to Egypt now. We're on the way to the promise. Stop complaining. Stop murmuring. That's just constant. Me, 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 me. Listen, sometimes your emotions are your gauges. It, it, you've got gauges on your dashboard. How many people have ever had a check engine light come on? How many have ever had a check engine light come on like 10 days before your inspection sticker went out? <laughs> I knew my my teacher in college, he's a doctor, he said he had a... a, a Doctor friend, genius, but not real genius on common sense. Check engine light came on, big red light. It annoyed him so much he got a piece of duct tape to put over that light so it quit bothering him. Now, now listen, whining is a red warning light that fear is coming. Instead of being a marching victorious army like they were coming out of Egypt, they were a people that were just a bunch of whiners. Now, now here's, I'm going to give you a statement, and I don't want wives you using it against your husbands or husbands against your wife. But complaining is a sure sign you're not moving forward in your progress. So when you hear yourself start complaining, the number one person you're doing a favor to is yourself. 
Don't allow yourself to hear that coming out of your mouth and in your ear. Allow God to be true and Satan a liar. Just take us back to Egypt. I, I had a dream and I, I, I started college, you know, even though I'm 45. But after the first test I failed, I'm just going to drop out. I just want to go back. See, because the people begin not only to think that Moses deceived them, but they begin to think that God deceived them. And all the enemy had to do is say, did God really tell Moses that? And, and, and then some of them were told, Moses, even, he's not even a man of God, because later there'll be a big revolt against Moses. Let me... In with a quote and then a verse. When the past looks better than the future, you have stopped going forward. When the past looks better than the future, you have stopped going forward. Now listen to this verse in verse 15. Then the Lord said to Moses, let me, let me say this. The creator of the universe said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. Let me say it again. As we begin to hear these messages, my hope is that you would change your paradigm. That's your perspective. That's the, the lenses that you look out every day of your life. That you are not lucky, but you're blessed. And everything that you have is because of grace, God's grace and favor on your life. If this is a new day, it's a new way. And you've never been this way before, so you're going to have to trust God in a way that you've never trusted God before. Now watch this. As I end this message and look forward to next week, you'll see how a miracle, as big and as bold as God, parting the sea and allowing his children to go over on dry ground, who would ever deny that God was able to do what he said he could do? Who would ever deny that Moses wasn't hearing from God? But the day that they look back and see the Egyptian army floating dead into the Red Sea, you would have thought that now they would become giant killers. But we'll find out. Even though that they are blessed and the blessing is all over them, that they will choose to walk in the identity of a slave that they were still back in Egypt and out of their own perspective they'll say, we're just grasshoppers. I want to encourage you today that God has put a dream in your heart. And some of you have been through the wilderness maybe with your health, maybe with relationships, your marriage, you're maybe you've been through divorce, maybe you've been through pain with a partner in a business, but in your relationships, and maybe in your finances, that now you get to the point you're going, I'd just rather not take a risk, which is another word of I don't want to have faith that God can do what he says he can do. And I'm telling you right now that you are blessed. The, the whole thought of the Jewish people came into shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken. The blessing is on your life if you'll walk in it. Would you just bow your heads? This morning as we come to an end of this sermon, you might be here and you've gone through depression. That's right, I said it, depression. And you might be in a place where you have been in the dark, so to speak. 
the dark, meaning that you just didn't even want to get out of bed, or maybe you were a, a, a maybe you're a practicing and, and you're able to go through life, but you just didn't like life, don't like life because you're depressed. First of all, realize that you're not the only one that had been there before. And you're not the last one that'll be in that place. But I'm telling you now, just like the children of Israel, as they're standing in all, all, all they can see in the reality would give them cause to be depressed. And it's just like in your life. What you keep replaying your life, it is reality to you. But God says, I want to give you another reality, even one that seems impossible that will bring you out of that depression, bring you out of that darkness, and you'll begin to hear my voice. You'll be able to hear the dream that I have for you in your life and your family. This morning I want to pray with you. And I think that I could have you raise your hand, but I think that you know who you are. And if you raise your hand or not, it's not as important as you just receive this. That you would say, God, I'm sorry for not trusting you. And then you would say, I receive by faith what you have for me. Even if I don't see it, I can't taste it, touch it, feel it. God, I, I know that it's invisible to me right now, but God, I know that you can bring it into my reality and make it real in my life. And if that is you, I want to pray with you today. Father, Help us to understand your grace in our life. That some people that might even be here have thought about suicide. And God, that is not your voice. That's the enemy's voice. That God, I pray that they would be able to see how much that you love them and bless them and the blessing that you have on their life if they would just be able to walk in that. This is what we pray in the name above all names, and that is Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This morning, I want to encourage you not to give up, to get in motion, even though you can't see it, just get in motion. Just believe. Just say, God, I, believe. I can't see it. But I believe you can do what you say you can do in my life. And allow God to be God in your life. Hmm. It's a wonderful time at our church. One of the wonderful of all seasons is Easter that's coming up in a few weeks. And I want to encourage you because just like what we talked about today, you, you don't know the people that are around you that are going through tough times, that, that they're going into depression. Probably one of the toughest news that I got in the last month was I, I knew this lady. Uh, I talked to her a couple times and met her daughter and and she was telling me how depressed she was. And, you know, I just, I began to talk to her and and her and her husband was having arguments. And um, I, I began to explain to her about the love of God. And, and she really, I, I found out that she was Buddhist. Now, now listen to me. Sometimes we think that everybody is Christians in the United States or they're non-believers and they just don't know. But as I began to talk to her and she began to kind of, oh, oh uh, of course, I, she doesn't come to our church and, and I didn't, I'm around her all the time and it was a large period of time, I got a call from her daughter 
She said she had been in the room with the light turned off for weeks. And on Valentine's Day, she killed herself. Today, I'm reminded, you know, that we are put here for a reason. And this whole sermon is that we're blessed in order to be a blessing. So don't overlook the people that you work with, that you go to school with. It's our job to be a witness, to say, this is what God's done in my life. Listen to me. It's not your job to be an attorney and argue, you know, like an attorney over if God is real. All you have to do is just witness to what God's doing in your life. Give people hope and take every day serious of the people that God puts you in front of. It's for eternity's sake. We have some great days coming up in our church, and I want to encourage you to be here, to be able to hear the Word of God. God's going to change us. Would you stand with me? This morning, as you leave the church, you have an opportunity to give. Our ushers will be at the back. Uh, of course, every every church has needs. All the unattractive things that you know, paying electric bills and all that, but also our missions department, exciting things that are happening there. So I want to encourage you to be givers. Father, as we leave now, help us to realize that the message of God, what you have for us, is not just for us, but for the people also that are around us. That, God, that we are blessed in order to be a blessing. And wherever we go, God, we take that blessing with us and make that area even better than when we showed up. Not because of who we are, because who lives inside of us. And we thank you for that. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for coming home to the chapel.